Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast that we do every Monday morning at 9 a.m., but I've got a special guest with me. i got John from the Out of Your Falcon Mind podcast. We collabed last week. I don't remember what day it was. John, they all start kind of running together for me. We collabed last week for a two-hour show. Now, I'm not expecting to go two hours this morning, but we were both at camp over the weekend. We want to get into some of the news coming out of the Atlanta Falcons, including three new signings. Uh, a retiring, uh, a couple, a wave somewhere in there, and then uh, we'll talk about some of the camp standouts. We saw some some surprises, some not so surprises, those type of things, and we'll get into it. But first things first, John. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing this morning, my friend? I'm great, dude. You have the monopoly on the morning time slot for Falcons <laughs> shows. It's great. It's like, and I appreciate the invite. If I don't have to host, this is great. I don't have to host. I don't got to worry about everything going on. I can we can just sit here and talk Falcons just, and course coffee i gotta have you know coffee to be somewhat awake but yeah I'm well here. i'm gonna say a shout out to one of my benefactors michael lewitsky has sent me some coffee from uh puerto rico actually oh. of all places sent me some and the mug i'm drinking it out of comes from one of our bronco fans that we do and we do the mile huddle podcast from lion coffee and that's patrick so my okay. listeners keep me well caffeinated that's for sure. That's how we do these morning shows. But Gordon. with with my schedule, with kids and sports and everything, I can only do morning shows. So I'm like, you know what? That works out because while I love y'all, my priorities right now are, hey, I want to go watch my kids hit hit baseballs and softballs. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. If I had multiples, I'd probably be in the same boat. But I've, with with just the one, I can I can handle it a couple of days a week. So uh, before we get started, though, I want to say hello to some folks that have come in in the chat. Michael Rankio was in nice and early. He says good morning, Scott, on the Falcons podcast. And Ma- Michael is one of our crossover fans. He is a Denver Broncos fan who always supports all the shows we do. Uh, and he's out in Arizona, so he's up bright and early with us yeah, every morning. Yeah, yeah. thanks. So appreciate dude. it. And John Harrell comes in. And John, I know you've got some questions. We'll get into those too. Uh, he says, "Good morning, happy Monday," because um, he also came in with a uh, with a super chat coming in with a a, a ten dollar yellow super chat. He says, "Keep that forehead glowing." Oh man, the the lights will be on and they'll be bright, and you'll help keep my forehead nice and shiny <laughs> with the uh, with the super chat coming in. So appreciate it. Uh, Jackie coming in, Jacqueline Galloway. She says, good morning and rise up. Can't wait for this hey, episode. Jackie. And she's supporting the show as well with a uh, a yellow super chat coming in with $10. So thank you very much, Jacqueline. And um, good to see you on Twitter and, and Facebook and all over the place. So Jacqueline's getting really getting into this thing and uh, good to talk some Falcons with you. We're all over the place. So you found us in, in, in several places. We're not hard to find. Uh, I want to say hello to Roderick Cook. He's across the pond, so we're international in the mornings, too. That's other, one of the other benefits of doing the mornings, John, is we get a lot of uh, international uh, NFL fans, which is kind of cool. Roderick is over in England. He says, hey, Scott and all, looking forward to this. Well, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, and one of John's uh, questions when he came in, he saw clips of Troy Anderson getting burned by Bijan Robinson. Are you concerned? Um, I actually... 
was thinking about this and it brought me back to some old camp memories and arguments I had with former NFL defensive linemen about what to be expected. No, we'll get into that in a little bit, but John, John, I want to give you first crack at John's question because you weren't there on Friday, but you probably saw the clip. Kevin Knight had a nice one that got stolen by some people and then repurposed by NFL and ESPN of Mm -hmm. B. John Robinson making a move off the line and then taking a pass that was just a shade overthrown and making a nice one-handed juggling catch to bring it in too. So, you know, what were your thoughts on that as it was Troy Anderson that was being posterized on that play? Yeah, I'm not worried at all. It's a one-on-one type of drill. There's nobody else on the field. There's no pass rush. There's nothing going on. So, I mean, you're looking at, I mean, you know, Bijan's got some of the quickest feet in the NFL and he hasn't even taken a snap yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about that at all. You're going to see those types of things. You're going to see guys win and lose back and forth in those types of situations. So not at all, man, Troy, I, I think will take another good step this year. Cause I mean, he, you know, if you watch the documentary they did on AtlantaFalcons.com, which was on the website, which was, no, I'm sorry, the YouTube channel, which was fantastic by the way, about Troy Anderson, they even said about, I think his parents said like, he's, he only, he only goes one speed. And that's basically, we saw that last year. He only went one speed and it was the hundred miles an hour. Uh, you know, I think with it slowing down for him this year, he'll be just fine. But yeah, that one play, nah, I'm good, man. He'll, he'll be just fine. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you on, on uh, John. And John, when I saw this, am I concerned? No, not at all. Uh, if it was a one-on-one with a wide receiver in a corner, I still wouldn't be concerned. The In those one-on-one passing drills, it is so skewed towards the offense that they should be a 90% completion rate on those. Yeah. There's no pass rush. There's no defensive line. You've got a stationary quarterback who can set his feet and make a throw. You've got no safety help. And even worse, if you're in the middle of the field, because they had Bijan lined up in the slot at the time, you've got 20 yards to this sideline and you've got 30 yards to the other sideline with no inside help, no outside help, no over the top help, no nothing and all those things. I don't mean this to sound as as goofy as it's going to, but it's probably true. If you didn't get your hands on me at the line of scrimmage, I could probably beat Troy Anderson with an NFL quarterback throwing at me five yards off the line. One head shake this way, catch, done. It is so skewed towards the offense that if you get a defensive player that can even keep close, you've got something. You're talking about B. John Robinson here. He should eat Troy Anderson's lunch on something like this. He should eat Mike Singletary's lunch. Dick, uh, uh, who's the other big, uh, Brian Erlacher. Any inside linebacker you want to think of in that situation, no one should lay a finger on Bijan Robinson. Right. Am I concerned about Troy Anderson? No. Am I excited about Bijan Robinson and what he can do in that area? Yes, I am. <laughs> because if you get a one-on-one matchup with a linebacker, anything but an all-pro type of safety in the slot, Bijan Robinson, not only is he going to catch it, because if I catch the ball, I'm in trouble. He's going to kill me. I said I might be able to get open and catch the ball, but I don't want to get hit. <laughs> Bijan Robinson is going to catch the ball and then do some damage yeah. once he's got the ball out there in the, in the open field. So you shouldn't be concerned about Troy Anderson one bit in coverage because – covering a running back in the slot in the open field with no help at all is really impossible. It's, it's, it's really impossible for those. Uh, great question though. The uh, I had that similar argument with a defensive lineman at a camp who was talking about this 200 pound defensive end abusing these offensive tackles. I'm like, but dude, this drill is completely set up for the defensive guys. He's like, what do you mean? The offensive guys know the snap. I'm like, yeah, but there's no, there's no running game. There's no guard help. There's no threat of the run. I'm like, let's run and put some pads on and see how that's doing. You want to see the best pass rushers in this situation? Let me go get some cornerbacks and line them up against these 320-pound kids. They'll never lay a finger on them. Anyway, uh, which also, now I've, you can tell my coffee's kicking in, John. The uh, Which also leads me to remind people, whether you see something really good or something really bad, it's still all internal. Oh, man, Troy Anderson got cooked. I'm worried. Okay. Well, maybe B. Sean Robinson's that good. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's one of those things you don't really know what you've got until you're playing somebody with uh, with a different colored helmet on, on the yeah. other side of you. Yeah. Okay. 95 North Falcons talk show says morning, gentlemen, in office and Airbuds locked in. Have a great show. Thank you, sir. 
Thank you, sir. Uh, Raymond Collins says, good morning, fellas. Appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Carrie, coming in from you your channel. Good to see you again, Carrie. Says, good morning, Scott and John. What an awesome way to start the morning. A Monday morning. We want to get you kicked off right. True. Albert Knopper's coming in with some support. Albert is the one that made this mailbox for me. So when we're it. going to uh, do some, I'll have to do a mail-in segment and start pulling in some, uh, at least pull out, make it look like I'm pulling out in the mail, like, hey, here's your mailbag. Flip side of this, he is a Broncos fan. So kind of <laughs> cool. So thank you, Albert. Appreciate you doing that. Uh, Anthony PRPR, another PRPR comes in and says, Hello. morning, did you say coffee? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Lots of coffee. Benny Smith. Uh, so good morning, rise up, One Nation Underground. He's saying Bengals Bearcat fan, uh, let's go. Uh, all kinds of Cincinnati there. So uh, I'm sure you are a Ritter fan as well. So we'll get back into the chat just a little bit um, as it starts opening up and all the alerts start finding the way. But I want to get into one of our topics at hand, John, which was camp standouts. Mm -hmm. First guy that comes to mind, I said, who stood out to you at camp? Um, who's the first guy that comes to mind for you? Probably Clark Phillips. Um, when we were there on Thursday, he was, uh, he had a great day. Um, and, uh, also Akuda had a really good day on Thursday, on Thursday as well. Um, he got the same treatment though, the same Bijan treatment you were just talking about. He got, uh, Matt Collins, you know, to move on him, called a pass. It got all over the internet. Uh, you know, Akuda's trash, you know, didn't show any other clips that he was, you know, <laughs> just, blanketing guys and you know going up with london in the end zone and knocking the pass down or anything like that but um yeah no i mean you can tell that uh that db battle is going to be really really fun to watch for the entire training camp into preseason um d alfred had a good day and d's gonna be i mean clark's gonna be right on d's tail man trying to get that that spot um zach harrison had a good day on thursday he had two to three possible sacks it looked like and that's what arthur said after after the practice um he said you know he let the play keep going uh to see what you know was going to happen offensively but you know had he stopped it you know zach was in the backfield there for a couple of sacks um offensively man Bijan's feet is just different i mean that's i mean you see it on film but you see it there and you know in front of you and it's yeah he's he's he broke somebody's ankles i think it might have been jesse or somebody on the sideline he caught a sideline pass and he would have been gone if that would have been i mean it was and then of course you know everybody saw the tour clip but uh and then john we talk about his feet now now what happens like i said you know he uses his feet to get in you know let's say he breaks through and he's got the balance and he gets through the the first line now you're a safety looking at him and you know maybe i can keep up with him athletically yeah. i tackle this guy without you know there, there's got to be a point he's just he's got the total package Mm -hmm. where he's got the quickness, he's got the hands, and he's got the power, he's got the vision, he's got the patience. There's a reason why he's considered arguably the best off the best running back prospect in the last five years. What a weapon. What an absolute weapon that this guy's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you just watch some of the clips from, from Texas, I mean, the stuff that he gets in and out of, you don't see other running backs doing. I mean, like, the the, the he's he's envisioning cuts two or three, you know, steps down the road, you know. So, I mean, it's... This is wild, but uh, yeah, Matt Collins, big body man, like looks like a freaking cage fighter out there. He was, he, he might be a, a surprise for some folks, but um, yeah, it, it was just, it was just exciting. You know, I'll tell you what, I mean, and I, I we, we talked about this on our show too, just the overall energy was totally different this year. The vibe around the fans, the, just the competition level was just way ratcheted up from last, from last year and almost every position group. So it's just, that's what I mean. The, honestly, overall, that's what stood out. Was just like, wow, this is actually, you know, this is football. Like, this is really good football. Like, you know, and, and it is camp, so we all have to just blanket it with like it is training camp, right? But it's still just it's been a while since we've seen that type of uh, action. So, you know, that was that was promising for me. <laughs> what about the, you? The well, security yeah, you guard asked right? me on my way out. He says, uh, he says, how'd they look? I said, their their twos look like they're ones the last two years, right? That that's how they looked. He's like, oh, I'm like, yeah. They're when they put their twos on the field, that's what I felt like I was watching the last two seasons. Yeah. Like the backups were as good as the seven and ten teams that we saw the last two years for Agreed. the most part. That's and several of those guys that we saw as starters last year in in 2021 are backups now if they're still under contract, which is a that's probably a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Clark Phillips, I think, was an easy one. That was a oh yeah. All the kid does is make plays. You know, he wears that thirty-four out there, and and despite that thirty-four means running back to me. When I see it in a Falcons uniform, I, the first person I think of is big play Ray Buchanan. Yeah, and I see Clark Phillips just flying all over the place, the middle of the field, slot, line of scrimmage, backfield, just making plays. John, I don't see any way you're going to keep this guy off the field in, in 2020, uh, 2023. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I mean, D is going to be having to really – somebody asked me um, – well, actually, no, they asked on last night on Smitty and Berto's show, they asked if um, – and Berto, Berto asked me if I saw Clark taking possibly taking a CUDA spot at CB2. And I don't necessarily see that happening just because of the skill set that uh, – that Clark has is really kind of more for the slot. He's not, it means like speed isn't quite there to cover some of your top wide receivers maybe in the league. Um, now technique, I mean, is, you know, you can have great technique, but I, I, I don't know. I can't see him taking that CB2 slot, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, D is going to be, I mean, he's going to have to make some plays and really, really have a hell of a camp to, to keep that job. And, you know, the fact that he had a year, He's got more experience, you know, and we've, we've, we've talked about it on the show, you know, D may start with the job, but Clark may take it, you know, a few, a few, three or four weeks into the, into the year, you know, who knows, but that's, like you said, he's, he's a, yeah, he's a pick six, what, yesterday or, or Friday where you, I mean, the way, the way I see it is you play with five defensive backs a lot, a lot, yeah, a lot. You're in mm-hmm. a nickel package a lot. I think he, he could easily be one of your five for sure. Whether you, what, however you want to label him and, it's funny because Arthur Smith is the one that, you know, he, he got on D, D-Led about, you know, are you one of these guys who has to feel like you have to have a wide receiver, a WR1, WR2? I, I feel that way about Clark Phillips. It's like, oh, well, if he's not – well, who's your CB2? Who's my DB5? Yeah. That's that's how I think of it. He, he, he To me, I want him more – because I agree with you. I don't necessarily want him out on the boundary. Mm-hmm. I want him in the middle of the field to take advantage of his playmaking ability. Oh, 100%. You know, a Tyron Matthew type, you know, the honey badger. I don't want yeah. a honey badger trying to lock up one guy who's probably got five inches on him and is probably faster. Correct. I want him in the middle of the field where he can use his that big old brain of his and his football instincts and his playmaking ability to make plays. He's the, the defensive playmaker. I want to say hello to some more folks as the chat is opening up as we're getting in. Um, D Sloan coming in says, good morning, fellas. Great to see a collaboration on a Monday well, morning D. rise up. Yeah. And I guess in a couple of weeks, uh, there will be a bunch of us together and we'll, we'll all have some more information on that. I think it's August 19th. We're going to get together over in, uh, in Marietta and, uh, a bunch of us will be together. So that'll be kind of fun. Uh, Jordan says, good morning, fellas. Good, good, every, good morning to everyone in the chat. Good morning to you as well. Ryan Adonis coming in and, and following up on our talk about Bijan Robinson, um, making Troy Anderson look bad. He says, I would hate to see that the Bijan just made a great play. It's practice. And again, it's also heavily skewed towards the offense in that, yeah. in that when I was scouting players, if I could find someone that could even keep close to the offensive players in those type of drills, I had something I'm like, okay, that's a guy. It's like, yeah, but he got beat. I'm like, yeah, but he's right there with him. Yeah. And it's so heavily skewed towards the offense that that's a guy I can count on when the pads come on. Um, boy Bangley, he comes on, he says, do you think people have been making way too much of practice reps? People overreacting as football is just getting what? started. No way. There's a hot take. Um, boy yeah. Bangley. Yes. Always. Absolutely. Both positive and mm-hmm. negative. Uh, Twitter scouts, whatever we want to call them. Absolutely. John. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, that's what even we even said after we we did a show on Thursday after we took a nap um, from being out in the sun all day. But it, we, uh, you know, that's something we said was like take everything we say with a grain of salt because they're in shorts and it's practice and it's the not only that it was the second day of camp, you know. So I mean, it's it was all just, internal. It's all that's internal. Really, it's all internal. So, yeah, exactly. So like I said, the the biggest takeaway for me was just like you said, seeing the difference in the talent, the talent level. That's just marketably better than it was last year so yeah that was the biggest thing for us and just yeah any any, if you see a like i said you see a guy lose a rep yeah that's not gonna be the first or the last i mean and and you know it's not nothing to freak out about with anybody like that i mean we're not gonna know about some of these guys until six seven weeks into the season much less i mean like you know three or four days into camp so yeah 
a lot of a lot of it's made of uh but you know it's just like the summertime people have to have, to have something to talk about have to have something to write about so they're going to take clips and you know do an, it won't an stop page. um no mr bangley it won't stop there will be i i call week one the season for overreaction so you know either they're all trash or they're all garbage man what you see in week one could be completely foreign to what you see in week five mm -hmm. i remember 2021 do you remember the game i think it was against the eagles arthur smith's first game against the eagles in 2021 the eagles were coming off like a five and eleven season they weren't very good either six and ten they were right there they they had a similar record and they came in and absolutely manhandled the Falcons. Oh, yeah. Just physically abuse them in the trenches, both sides. I was like, and the Eagles weren't supposed to be very good. I was like, oh my God, I don't know how the Falcons are going to win a game. If they're this bad in the trenches, I don't know how they're going to win a game. They won seven. Yeah. They, you know, they they were seven and eight. I guess that was the first 17 games. So seven and nine. Mm -hmm. The rest of the way, damn near played 500 the rest of the way after that game. Yeah. But yes, people will overreact week to week, play to play. And they're, we're so starved for live action right now that we're going to we're gonna hang on to it. Look Dude. who's in the house. Smitty. Hey, Smitty. Sports Machine is in here. Um, she says, good morning, fellas. Good morning to you, Smitty. Appreciate you checking in. Devin Green over on Facebook. He says, rise up to you as well. Tony Wright over on Facebook says, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Tony. Uh, Jason Heller says, good morning, sir. Scott, he's he's knighted me, by the way. If Troy <laughs> Anderson sticks with Bijan, then we should have the best inside linebacker in history, especially right. in that drill. Oh, yeah. You know, it, again, you've got both sides, no help, wide open fields. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to stay with them for 30 yards in a game. No, dude. I'd be turn him loose. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be really concerned if Bijan didn't cook him in that, in that drill. Yeah. I mean, like... I, I, again... It, no, I'm not concerned. The The drills are so those one-on-ones, the passing is heavily skewed towards the offense. The pass rush is heavily skewed towards the defense, just flat out, um, compared to what you will get in real football, in, in game situations. That's just flat out. Uh, let me see. Bodie 3000 coming in on, on the Out of Your Falcon Mind podcast. It's good morning, Scott and John. Rise up, family. Good to see you. Good to see yeah, you. Brother. Pamela Johnson coming in as Just well. Says, good morning, Scott and John. Well, good to see you, Pamela. Welcome That's in. It. Appreciate you got, being here. Got to meet Miss Pam on uh, Thursday. That was awesome. Well, cool. Very cool. Um, and hopefully we'll get to see a lot more of y'all this year. <clears throat> Rusty Moore says, if, and it's a big if, Jeff Akuda has a great year, can we financially afford to give him a contract and then have to give AJ a new contract in 2025? I know we pay Dez pennies, but that's still a lot of money tied up in two cornerbacks. That's a great question, Rusty. And it's one of the things that I have talked about you want to see from Jeff Akuda. You want Jeff Akuda to have the type of season this year where they're saying, can they afford to keep him? Can they afford to keep him? What are your what are your thoughts on that, John? 100%. Yeah, you you want to have that problem. You know, that, that's an issue that and yeah, I mean Dez's contract of course does help, but I mean you know he's he's not going to command the same contract AJ is going to because he hasn't done it as long as AJ has done it. If he goes up there and proves he's a solid number two, the contract won't be as steep. You know it still may be a, a good contract, but nothing that's going to break the bank. You know that we have to sit there and worry what we're going to do. You know three or four or five years down the road, um, that his next contract after that may be that type of deal if he continues to prove that he's that type of guy. You know, but with injuries and the way he's played at Detroit. Really, that was, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of to really base it on, you know, other than really one good year, if that's what ends up happening, one good year of play. So not overly concerned. Um, you know, we've we've seen the people do a lot of funny magic with the cap. So um, I'm pretty sure Terry will be able to work that out if that comes to that. Rusty, the Falcons are out of cap hell. They're out of it. So they're now to the point where they can get creative with opening up spaces. So the, the, the big contracts now, the only really big contract that you're still tied to that's upside down uh, is Chris Lindstrom. So not just one, but Chris Lindstrom is one. You're upside down on that one. What I mean by upside down was this guy can't play anymore. We need to move on. It would cost you more to get rid of them than it would to keep them. That's dead cap money. We saw that dead cap money with Matt Ryan. We saw that dead cap money with Julio Jones. We saw that dead cap money with Dion. 
Uh, Jake Matthews was in that boat a little bit, but those guys are still playing. And as long as they're still playing at a decent level, you can survive it. The only upside down contracts next year are Jake Matthews. You're still upside down on for one more year, but his cap hit drops. Uh, it drops a lot. So you get some money back. Chris Lindstrom, you're upside down on. Uh, Jesse Bates and his big deal, you're upside down on. And then that's it. After that, you can restructure. You can cut guys that aren't aren't up to snuff anymore. And frankly, a lot of these guys are on one-year deals still too, especially a lot of that defense. AJ Terrell already has a $13 million cap hit assigned for next year because of his option. Now he may move up to 18 to 20 million, depending on the season he has this year with an extension. Right. And Jeff Akuda could move up into the eight figures as well, where he gets a 10 to $12 million deal. And yes, the Falcons can afford that. They've got an owner that can set up contracts with cash up front where you can backload some of the contracts for some of the young players. The problem that you get into is giving big contracts to aging players who are on the decline. That's when it starts getting you in trouble. So great question. Um, one of the players that I wanted to talk about now, I feel like some of these are easy. Like, okay, Drake London looked great. He just flat out looks great he does. out there. He looks confident. He looks comfortable. He's big. He's smooth. He's first in line. Drake London looks spectacular. But just my nature, I like looking for the underdogs. Mm -hmm. Who are some of the guys that you weren't necessarily expecting to look great? One of those guys for me on Friday was uh, was Xavier Malone. Xavier <laughs> Malone, wide receiver, is listed fourth team. And I believe after his big day on Friday, he had two nice touchdown catches, uh, a couple really good plays. I believe he was out there taking reps with the twos. But that could still put you eighth because if I've got a four wide receiver set, I could be the eighth guy and, and out there in the twos with a, oh, <laughs> in yeah. the second four wide receiver set. But what it does is I don't know if he's going to make this team, but when I got guys out there making plays that still can't find a spot on the roster, it makes me feel a whole lot better about the depth of this wide receiver room, John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and just watching – I mean, Josh Ali's in the name that's out there too, that potential – that same bubble. You know, Slade Bolden had a good day, made some good catches, really good footwork too. Just, I mean – yeah, I mean there there was there was uh, Scotty Miller, you know, <laughs> he made a great little back shoulder catch yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I mean just seeing the the possibilities of how that room is going to shake out is pretty wild. I, I want to know if they're able to keep and how they would end up using JJ Arcega Whiteside. What a big dude to be. That dude is a freaking unit. <laughs> Holy shit, man! The type of tight end playing Rogers, like a legit like body tight end playing wide receivers what that is yeah they list him at wide receiver but they list him at 6 240 I, I know well you look at the field you're like damn who is that is that 83 who's 83 oh that's a <laughs> oh wow it's a receiver like that's not what you would think by looking at it but yeah yeah i mean you want to talk about matchups uh I, if i want to drop him as a as an h-back as a fullback as a tight end in the slot yeah. the man is a unit speaking um, of looking great John special teams demon i want to find a place for him I mean, I was just saying, no, speaking of looking great, John Smith, man, looked really good on Thursday. Like just, I mean, speed, power, big dude. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna create some problems for, for some people. Uh, can't stand out for, for carries is Clark Phillips. Yeah, for sure. I can't believe we got him in the fourth. Holland's also surprising because I didn't see that he got so big in the offseason. Um, lean. I mean, just, you know, yeah. he, he looks like steel cords is mm -hmm. what his arms look like. Like I'm looking at power lines, the way he's the way he's ripped up. Um, Every long run has wide receivers blocking downfield. I feel pretty good about Drake London and Mac Hollins locking up on a cornerback if oh, yeah. they, if if a cornerback if a running back gets the edge or one of the wide receivers, Cordero Patterson gets the edge. Now, I have a question for you before we move on to some more Kent Stoutouts. I had a uh, Brandon Swank who might be in here. He tagged me on Facebook. He says, "What do you think about this headline?" Headline was Falcons sign running back. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was Bijan Robinson taking kickoffs. Cordero Patterson trade imminent. What? Uh, that's what that was the sound what? I made when I saw it. Was that's a sensationalized headline? Yeah. You know, how many how many kickoff returns do you think Cordero Patterson had last year, John? I don't know. What twelve? 
Nine times for you Ferris Bueller fans out there. He had nine. He had nine kickoff returns. And basically, once he got his record breaker, he says, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Um, no, Bijan Robinson was one of six guys out there that were fielding kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they use him out there every so often, great. I don't necessarily want him out there. And frankly, I've said I want to abolish the kickoff anyway. I'm tired of it. 90% of them are going through the uh, going end through zone. the back of the end zone. 5% of them are being fair caught. Let's just save the time. Put the ball in the 20 or the 25, whatever designated area, and let's play ball. Yeah. and save time they're not even going to commercial anymore so we can't even use the excuse that the the networks need the tv money nope. let's just uh i'm ready to just abolish the kickoff altogether i'm with you yeah, yeah Bijan was in the small group taking punts as well when we were there on thursday and <clears throat> yeah he's i don't want him back there taking punts either just so and dave says good morning i need the falcons falcons defense to be nasty um we mentioned some new signings too, and I don't think we hit on all of those, but on defense, they've brought in two new guys. Um, Eddie Goldman retired again. I don't Sorry. expect him to get a third chance with the Atlanta Falcons. I think that ship has now right. sailed. Didn't cost him anything to bring it in, and they brought in Justin Ellis. What do you know about Justin, uh, the new defensive tackle nose guard for the Atlanta Falcons? Just a large human, man. Like six, was he 300? 50 pounds ish. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. So, you know, kind of, I mean, I mean, that's what Eddie Goldman was supposed to be is just that kind of just middle, you know, man eating type of position out there in the middle. Of, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's anything crazy. Justin will be, if he makes a squad, you know, when it's obviously you've got to cut it down to 53, he'll just be that rotational guy in the middle to, you know, eat up space. You know, he's nothing, he's not going to, he's not going to really rush the passer all that well or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, not, 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 a, not a crazy signing, but I mean, good, good as far as depth, you know, never have enough depth on the line. So. I mentioned, John, the twos look like the ones from previous years. His mm-hmm. profile is pretty similar to Tyler Davison, yeah. who started 15 games for the Falcons in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not quite the length, the lateral movement, but big body inside, a lot of experience, plays a lot of games, oh, good yeah. rotational guy. That is a nice pickup for, for the sure. Atlanta Falcons to replace Eddie Goldman. And, and frankly, what were we expecting from Eddie Goldman? We were expecting a Pro Bowl year? No, we were expecting backup reps to back up David Onyemata, see what Taquan Graham could do coming off yep. his knee injury, who looks just fine, by the way. Fine. Yep. Um, and, and be part of a rotation and some depth. Uh, linebacker, the linebacker they brought in, they, they got some guys with tough names just to mess with me. I went with the easy one first. Uh, Kamoko <laughs> Toure, um, he was signed and he had some some special teams in his background is is where he had made a lot of his money but he was with indianapolis for four years Mm -hmm. and in 2021 he had five and a half sacks for the colts and in 2021 five and a half sacks may have led the falcons as sad as that is yeah um so he uh Good size on this guy, six foot five, 250 pounds. He's going to look very similar out there to a Lorenzo Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his five and a half sacks came on just 225 defensive snaps. All right, just because I'm mean, no pun intended. He had five and a half sacks. <laughs> this is kind of a running impossibly. You can't believe how bad the season was for Steven Means. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> he had five and a half sacks on Steven 225 snaps in 2021. In 2021, uh, Stephen Means had zero sacks. He had two tackles for loss and he hit the quarterback twice. So Stephen Means hit the quarterback twice in 692 snaps. Oh, shit. This guy hit sacked, had five and a half sacks on. 225 snaps multiplied by three. Hell, he's a pro bowler. Man. With, with Steven Means minutes. Let's extend that, man. 700 snaps on defense. So, John, going back to the twos look like ones used yeah. to. I mean, talk about an upgrade there. I, and I, I feel bad picking on Steven Means all the time, but I, I said it was statistically impossible how unproductive he was. <laughs> in 700 snaps, someone in front of him should have blown an assignment where he comes free or to the quarterback and gets a sack. down, trip on something. I that mean, happens like once anything. a game. Right. I mean, 
damn that's unbelievable yeah but i think that's a good signing and it's clear that nielsen likes those big body types i mean it's pretty obvious i mean with some of the the zach harrison being drafted obviously the guys he had in new orleans so yeah he, he fits that mold i mean he, another good guy to put on the rotation but Ryan asks, he says, who is it? He says, we even need to give Okuda a big contract. We have Clark Phillips sitting right there to take over if needed. Yeah, that's good options to have. Uh, I'm just saying, I, I want Okuda to have such a great season that you have to ask the question, oh, man, he's he's going to be a $10 million guy. Is do Should we resign him or not? I would love to have that discussion. Oh, yeah, that's the same discussion we had with Caleb McGarry last year. He's in the same boat. First-round pick underperformed, didn't get his fifth-round option picked up, so he's a free agent after year four, performed really, really well in year four and got a big free agent contract going into year five instead of a fifth-year option. I would love. Uh, Daniel Jones was that guy, quarterback. You know, he went from, I'm not worth a fifth-year option, to $40 million a year. Now, that's the kind of that's the kind of season I want Akuda to have. Do I want them to pay him $40 million? No, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I want him to have a special year for the Falcons in 2023 where he gives himself options and he gives the Falcons a big question mark. What do we do? Do we re-sign this guy? Because that means he had a good year. And if he had a good year, the Falcons are going to have a good year on defense. That's So that's what I'm looking for. But yeah, give, give him the options. Have such a great year. You, you, you give yourself the options, et cetera, et cetera. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't. You the more competition, the better. <laughs> that's only going to make them better, and that's that's the that's the cool thing to see in this in the DB room right now. Is I mean, and it's and it's good to you see the competition between AJ and Akuda as well. Like they have something a little special going on between each other as well. Because the same draft class, AJ talked about Akuda being the number one high school DB. You know, before they came out, and they had, he always had kind of a. You know, inner rivalry with him trying to, you know, obviously he was drafted after he was, you know, obviously AJ's had a better pro career, but uh, they're pushing each other. But they have a really good relationship, it looks like. Just watching them on field, it seemed like they're pushing each other. I mean, like I said, I think Jeff's going to, I think Jeff's going to have a good year. He has a, he has a different confidence about him. And we talked about it on the show too. Jeff had a, he's never experienced really kind of what he experienced in Detroit, where he went from nothing but success at Ohio State. Yeah, you're at Ohio to, State. You know, yeah, you're, to, you're a big man on campus there. To your basically, you no help. You're you're the guy at Detroit all of a sudden. Uh, then you get hurt, which he hadn't really had any injury problems, and then couldn't come back off of that well enough. And so it's just kind of a. It seemed to me like a change of scenery, just kind of what he needed, you know. And then to be around this particular group of guys with this coaching staff, maybe the perfect combination. I hope cross, crossing everything I have, but you know, could be. It's important. It's important for he. No one stands to benefit more from Jeff Okuda having a big season than Jeff Okuda. Big time. I mean, he could he could be getting $40 million at the end yeah. of the season with with no doubt about it. Uh, he could get a three-year, $45 million with 25 guaranteed yep. if, he has a, if he has a good year this year. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Adonis says, I think it's time to give up the past two years of sack totals. We had freaking Dean Peace and no money into the defense. I think it was more about the latter than the former. I think Dean Definitely Peace did a very good job with what yeah. he had. I'm not ready to give up talking about the past few years of sack totals for this reason. The national media has completely glossed over the improvements that the Falcons have made on defense. Just 100%. glossed over it. Yep. Like I said, they just signed a guy off waivers who would have led the team in sacks that would have been a that would have been the starter two years ago, who might not make the team this year. They put a ton of money into the defense, and the only thing anybody from the national media can say is, well, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter, he's not very good, he's not very How do you know he's not very good? One, and two, okay, even if he's not that great, why are you completely ignoring everything else the Falcons have done? Because they've built a pretty good unit, several yeah. units out there. Yeah, just lazy. So that's the one for me is is I'll keep talking about the sacks. Just, oh, they've got a bunch of new faces and they've got a new defensive corner, but their defense was just so outmatched by from a personnel standpoint. Yeah, and it should be this year. That should be an absolute reason. We talk about reasons for optimism for the Atlanta Falcons going in. One, I say, you know, look at the offensive weapons they've got and then look at their ages. Uh, Drake turned 22 last week. 
Kyle is still 22, and I think Bijan's 21. Yep. Tyler Algier has just turned 23. I think I looked him up, and he's 23 in 110, 110 days. So he's he'll be 23 all through this season. Uh, Desmond Ritter is you mentioned he's paying him pennies, so you're able to put a pretty good team around people around him because he is. It, if if they hit on a third round quarterback and he ends up being even average, it's a cheat code with the with the talent you're able to put around him. And then if he becomes a franchise guy and you have to pay him a, a big second contract, you've got the owner who will pay enough of it up front as a signing bonus that he doesn't have a huge cap hit the way Matt Ryan did at the end of his career as you kept kicking the can down the road. And hopefully Terry Fontenot is smart enough not to set it up where he's got a $60 million cap hit. Um, so those type of things. Um, God, the uh, the last guy to come in, Godwin Iguabuque, running back came in after they put uh Caleb after they waved Caleb Huntley pretty good chance they were going to bring in another camp body is he more than this or do you see him practice squad 90 man possible release probable release come end of August yeah I think so I mean Carlos Washington from what I saw and what I've heard when I wasn't there has looked pretty good uh with the twos and threes and whatever um as far as that running back room goes so he'd probably be on the outside looking in unless he just comes in and stands out but yeah that didn't really move yeah I think it's just to help keep the the 90 going Mm -hmm. John froze up on me a little bit I'll give him a second then oh there we go it looks like we're catching up but um I mentioned before I think Carlos Washington is gonna have a hard time making the 53 um you're 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 only carrying three and without Avery Williams, unless one of those guys ends up being a return man, right? You're three Tyler Algier, Bijan Robinson, Cordero Patterson. You're set at running back. The fourth one's gonna be a practice squad guy. Now remember everybody, because everybody ends up re-signing these guys, you don't think about it. But in order for someone to get on the practice squad, they have to be cut first. Yep. So you have to open them up to the waiver wire and they have to pass through waivers. They can be claimed by anybody else. Uh, wouldn't necessarily expect that with Carlos Washington or um, or uh, Godwin Iwabuke. I would, however, have expected that from a healthy Caleb Huntley. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Okay, as we start to roll in here... Um, we're at about 40 minutes. We'll, we'll be getting out of here pretty quickly so everybody can get around back around there uh, t- towards their days. Uh, the Falcons were off yesterday. They'll be back at it today. But Jason, I flash this for a second, but he says, I said, John, not sure if you know, but Scott loves uh, Taquan Graham. I love guys. So does I. If, if I was down on a player and then they turned it around, I'm going to overcorrect. And I was tough on Taekwon, the way I've been tough on Jalen Mayfield, the way I was tough on Adeogundeji. That, but I'm always quick to hedge that they weren't ready to be put into the positions they were as rookies in 2021. It was a failure in the Falcons' management to not have the resources to do anything but put out day three draft picks on defense. Yeah, that's that's not their fault. Now Ade, I think, is still a little overmatch at this level, but Taekwon turned into a dang good defensive lineman last year before he got hurt and that just broke my heart so i'm hoping he comes back and keeps going on the track he won't he went uh exponentially up even if Big he time. just makes marginal increases from here on the rest of his career he's going to be a solid pro for a long long time yeah and you saw um, how much about how, how good grady was when he was in there like how how what's how, how much easier that made grady's job and when and compared to when he got hurt uh, one, the other thing I want to do real quick is uh, I want to drop the link to your channel. You were at 699 when I was off with on y'all last week, and I said, I promise you'll get over 700, and you did. We, we did. We definitely um, did. Well, and one of them was because I've got about three YouTube accounts, so I, I was going to make sure that promise <laughs> came through. Um, but I'm dropping um, John's YouTube page. They're at about 725 right now, and the, the magic number for YouTube is really 1,000. So... Uh, as they get to a thousand, then things really start opening up and they're doing a really good job. I had a good time on their podcast last week. So, uh, if you're reading this on my channel, uh, give them a subscribe, give them, give them a follow. We'll, we'll do some more collabs and whatnot. Uh, Scott, you're not going to miss the days of seeing Jaleel Johnson, Timmy Horn and uh, Abdullah Anderson starting. I was a big fan of Abdullah Anderson. Um, and again, as the underdog, 
you know, he, he was coming off a practice squad waiver wire pickup, and I thought he was the best guy the Falcons had. I thought he turned into a pretty good pro and did a really good job for the Falcons last year, and I was really surprised when they cut him. That said, you're not wrong, Ryan. I want Abdullah Anderson to be in the rotation. I, I wish he was still with the Falcons on the second team. I think he did a really good job. I'm a big fan of Abdullah Anderson. But I wanted him to be a second-team guy. And if he is a second-team guy, it speaks well of your first team because he's not better than David Onyemata. It's funny. The, uh, you were talking about the national media. I read an article, I think it was last week, and they were talking about literally in the, in the article it said the Falcons had done absolutely nothing in all caps to improve their pass rush this year. And they no, they noted signing. They basically said uh, Bud Dupree and somebody, I think it was maybe Caden Ellis, and they referenced it saying that maybe they're 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 uh, they're too old or they're just failed failed you know guys from the previous team. I'm like Bud Dupree and Nanyamata is 30 years old, the same age as Grady Jarrett. <laughs> like I'm, we all know how Caleb is, well, you know Campbell is, but I mean we're not worried. We're not. He's not going to come in playing every snap. We know that already. So I mean, like you said, the just a blatant, just like pretending like it didn't exist, like we didn't even make those signings or any upgrades is like hilarious to me. But hey, no, there, cool there's not that alpha guy out there. No, um, it's not. You know, but the, he wasn't available. That, that guy wasn't available in the draft, hasn't been available in the draft in the last three years, or I think the Falcons would have gone edge. I think the one guy you really need to watch for, okay, if I wouldn't have taken, if I wouldn't have taken B. John Robinson, I would have taken. And one of those guys that was on my list was Lucas Van Ness, was someone that you're going to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know that I would have taken him. I, I would have gone Jalen Carter in that spot. I'm, I'm yeah. on record, and I do not reverse engineer my takes. So I would have traded down or taken Justin Fields and Terry Fontenot's first. Last year, I would have taken Kyle Hamilton. This year, I would have taken Jalen Carter. Those are the three guys I would have taken. That doesn't mean that these guys are bad players that they took. No, keep stacking good players. You will be just fine. Bijan Robinson is an easy guy to get behind. Drake London looks great. Kyle Pitts is ready for a, a, a big season this year as well. But I've said I don't know that you're going to have anybody that gets double-digit sacks with the Falcons this year, but you could have five guys, six guys get five or more. Great. Because you're bringing guys in. Calais Campbell, David Onyemani gets pressure up the middle. Caden Ellis had seven sacks in 11 games last year. We bring Jesse Bates up the middle. You should have better coverage on the back end, which lets you get more creative with Caden Ellis and Troy Anderson. Um, Bud Dupree should be a backup. Lorenzo Carter could get five or six. So there isn't that alpha rusher, but there's more good guys out there, and there's more talent all around the field that will let you be more creative on defense. I don't blame Dean Peace for anything the Falcons defense wasn't able to accomplish last year, the last two years. They were out there with Grady Jarrett, AJ Terrell, and castoffs from the Bears and Titans. Thank you for doing a really good job. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, and not, I know we haven't got on Des, but when you talk about the practice reps, when you talk about overanalyzing, Des, every one of Des's throws. I've been picked apart, man. It's like he misses one, he throws a pick or whatever. I mean, it's man, it's been uh, the Twitter's been something else the last four or five days. Uh, it's, it's whatever it's called. It's, uh, it it's the tis the season for overreactions, and and the yeah. thing is, it's not even overreactions. I mean, it is, but on so little input, it's like yeah. I'm I'm making. You know who was it? It was Jordan Love makes one bad pass and you know it gets two million views and no oh, he can't play well maybe he can't play but i'm not going to make my decision based on that yeah. it's uh it's it's crazy but you know that's why you you can't worry too much about it um let me see i thought i have one more i wanted to show i did i wanted to show 95 north falcons talk show he says timmy horn is a sleeping monster don't overlook i'm not discounting anybody not even jalen mayfield at this point yeah. i'm just happy that you don't have to count on a guy like timmy horn yeah, you don't sure. have to say that the, the Timmy or Abdullah Anderson. I loved Abdullah Anderson last year. Uh, I loved Taquan Graham, but I'm glad that I'm not relying and placing the health of this season on his knee who just got repaired. I, I'm, I'm glad the Falcons have the depth across every position on defense that they're not counting really on just one guy. And it's or if one guy goes down, it's a catastrophe. Now, I'm not going to mention any names because there's a couple guys you really, really don't want to lose. Mm -mm. But 
Timmy Horn started games last year. Abdullah Anderson started games last year. Steven Means. Adeogundeji probably started double-digit games last year. He should be a third guy. The, the talent on this defense is exponentially better than it was the last two seasons. That should be a reason for optimism, and that is getting completely glossed over by the national media, John. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, well, you know what? We were, we were kind of used to it, which I'm kind of okay with as well because, you know, best-case scenario, we go and just have an amazing season, and, you know, we can, we'll can have we'll have plenty to talk about. I've got so many bookmarks. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Just let it, let it happen. <laughs> it John's fun. keeping receipts. John's, John's receipts. keeping receipts. Yep. Um, hopefully hopeful coming in. Going says, on, great man. to see Scout Kennedy again. Well, great, great to be seen, my friend. He says, rise up. Thank you for the super and supporting the cause. On that note, I think we're going to just about call it a, a morning. Uh, I will be back. When's when's your next show, John? So we'll be back on Thursday. We're this, this is we're going to start our Thursday shows again. So basically for anybody that doesn't know, we do once the season gets going, we'll have preview shows for the upcoming game on Thursdays. Then we'll have a recap of that game, either on Sunday after the game or depending on Scott knows on my son's baseball schedule. It may be Sunday after the game. It may be Monday. It could be Tuesday at the latest, but we'll normally have two shows during the season and we keep it going year round though. We'll uh, in the off season, we keep it going. We, we have draft. We'd we live stream the draft this year with our, our friends from the new millennium Falcons podcast. Um, and, I mean, we 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 talk Falcons year round, so kind of like you. So I mean, we'll so we'll, we'll keep your it. Your next show is Thursday. Yes, Thursday. Okay, there we go. We got to keep yep. this short. We got to. No bad. Quick. I got to. I start rambling. Yeah, I start wandering. I'm like, wait a minute. I said, when's your next show? Not draft. Don't start talking draft. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Go and see John out of your Falcon Mind podcast, and you can look up out of your Falcon Mind on YouTube and find them real easy. I put a link in this chat earlier. It's in the description on all of our sites too. Um, on that note. I'm going to get out of here. I will see y'all on Wednesday morning at our regular scheduled time. We'll be back at nine o'clock to talk some more Falcons camp as we inch closer. It's getting close, y'all, as we get closer to the pre first preseason game and we get to see some of these new faces for the first time. I know I'm excited. I hope you're excited, too. Thanks for being everybody. Thanks to John from the Out of Your Falcon Mind podcast for joining me this morning. Later, guys. <laughs>